What's going on and welcome to Broncos Orange Weekly. This is the Rager Show. How are y'all doing? If y'all are not familiar with our show, what we do is we talk about football, fantasy football, sports betting all through the Broncos context. And the Broncos have the Washington football team this week. It's probably hard to talk about Broncos right now, but it makes it a little bit easier when I get to ride my boy, Jared, man. What's going on? How are you, Jared? Hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm having a good time. Uh, Four-game losing streak, you're right. It's ah. hard talking Broncos. Even from an analytical standpoint, it looks like every step of the way it just looks miserable. So it's it's a little difficult to talk Broncos. But we're here, and we're going to be here forever uh, talking Broncos because that's what we do. Hey, man, you know, that's exactly right. And if you're not familiar with what we have going on, we are the Orange Weekly Show. We have live shows, podcasts, pregame shows, you name it. If you want Broncos content, there is not a better place um, we are all about fans, brews, Broncos news. We're sponsored by DraftKings. We're sponsored by TPPN. And Jared, man, what are our what are our sponsors from DraftKings bringing us this week, brother? So this week, our sponsors at DraftKings they got something really cool for you. You make one five dollar bet on anything on the DraftKings sportsbook as a new customer, and you get two hundred dollars if that bet hits. That's a plus whatever the odds are Ray, you're gonna have to that's a plus a lot right five dollar five dollar bet you get two hundred dollars back in in sports bets if your bet hits um and that is from if you use the code tppn on DraftKings sportsbook exactly man listen listen it's this easy bro all you got to do is download the DraftKings sports app now use the promo code tppn bet five bucks on any NFL team, and we got some winners for y'all today. NFL team to win their game and $200 in free bets. If they win, use the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Of course, you must be 21 years or older, must be in a state that can accept it, and your minimum deposit is $5 with a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. Of course, if you got any problems with gambling, we are a pro um, gambling site here, but we want to make sure that you are doing it responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER is your number if you need some help. Hey, Jeremy, you know what time it is, right? Beer 30. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. So week eight, we're coming off of mini buy. I think you said it beautifully, Jared, in the in the pregame deal. It's it's hard to be excited to be a Broncos fan. And listen, you can hate the Broncos and still be a diehard fan. I've been have, I had some conversations with some folks, you know, in the Orange Weekly deal. We've had some f- conversations with our fans. You can be pissed as a Bronco fan right now. You can be mad at the Broncos and still be a Broncos fan. Listen. I still rock my jersey all week long. I still wear my Bronco beanie every single day this week. I'm still pissed as hell at the Broncos, and I need them to fire Vic Vangio as quickly as humanly possible. And I'm upset <laughs> with the organization. That doesn't mean that I'm not a Broncos fan, so I want to make that clear. Jared, what, what's your just general feeling right now? My general feeling is normally – so first of all, first of all, six years of this, and I think we're all getting tired. I think oh, we're all just getting sick and tired of losing and the constant just not having any excitement around our team or any oh, excitement around any side of the ball. Last year we had excitement around the defense with all the injuries, and they were still playing very well. And the last couple of games have not shown that. We just have not been playing the defense that – that we're expecting out of the Denver Broncos, especially out of the the genius of Vic Fangio, and our offense has not changed in six years. Gosh. 
since Peyton Manning left, we haven't had any excitement on the offensive side. It's just totally. it's every side of the ball. There's really no excitement for us, and that's that's what's difficult in Broncos country. Yeah, you know, we win the first three games against, of course, weak opponents. The only problem now is everybody that's in that was hate Bronco haters have some ammunition now because they say, "Oh, don't get too excited, Broncos." We go four next games. In reality, the only game that we were really out of was the the Ravens game. To be completely honest, I mean. Right. But we got embarrassed by the Pittsburgh Steelers, who God knows that, that's got to be the worst team in that division. You know, uh, John Gruden gets fired for all of his scandals. Hey, good for you, Las Vegas Raiders, for getting rid of that piece of trash. But we can't even beat a backup third string head coach who's never been a head coach in his entire career. He outcoaches Vic on, on Shanahan's Ring of Fame weekend. And then we get beat by Case Keesum on Thursday night football <laughs> against like a third string or fourth string running back that went for 185 yards or whatever the hell he did. I, I'm with you, Jared. My frustration is through the roof. We're getting our butts kicked on the sports betting side of things. And despite all of this effing madness, the Broncos, if, with, in my opinion, and I know some other folks disagree, with a decent head coach, should be five and two. They, they should be a five or six win team. I'll put that aside. The Broncos are favorited this weekend <laughs> against the Washington football team at home. I'm like, how the hell is this even possible, Jared? What are your just general impressions about this game and what the hell is going on? I, you know what? I don't know. And I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. Our biggest issue is on the line. It's in the trenches. We can't get any pressure on the quarterback and we can't push the ball forward. Every time we're running the ball, they're getting hit in the backfield. Luckily, we got some guys that can make, make, break some tackles. Uh, but again, we're only handing it to them 10 times a game. That's a different story. Right. Yeah. We'll but get there. as we're, as we're looking at this, their offensive line is one of the best offensive lines in football right now. Their defensive line, Highly touted going into the season. Their defense in general has been picked apart. We'll say that. Totally. I'll say that. Their defense has been picked apart, worst, but their defensive line third is... Worst third down defense in the NFL. Worst third down defense in the NFL right now. Oh, good. Well, we're the worst third down yeah. offense, offense in the NFL, yeah, so, so we got that going good. on. Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> So, yeah, but the, their defensive line is just absolutely totally. stacked, and it's so difficult to look at this and be like, we're going to be able to win this game or be favored by three points when the trenches alone are just way out in the favor of Washington. Totally. And I think their defensive line, if I'm not mistaken, all, all four players are first-round draft picks. All, all four of yep. them, I believe, across that defensive line. Um, let me ask you this. Is it the Heineke effect? Like, or is it just at the end of the day, is it coming down? Is it, it's, it's Heine, Taylor Heineke, right? He's the quarterback for the Washington football Tyler team. Tyler Heineke, right yep. Or ta- is, is he just terrible, or what's your general impression of that guy? I mean, he's not he's – not, let's say this. He's not going to win games behind a, a, a worse offensive line. So, But you have guys like Terry McLaren who are out there catching everything that throws his right. way, and he's having just there. an amazing year this year. Uh, right. Heineke is a one. He's he's a one a one throw guy. He's a one read guy, and sure. and that's not saying he's a terrible. He's a game manager, which is exactly what they need. And behind that offensive line, he's got the time to throw. Give him a little bit of pressure, and he's he's gonna fold. But and, and he hasn't right. need, he hasn't. And he's kind of a one one read guy, but he he's got a little bit of mobility to him, doesn't he? I mean, he he'll just he pull does. and go, right? Is that kind of his, he, his mentality? Yeah. He ran for 95 yards last week uh, against right. the Green Bay Packers on, I think, four carries. So he's he's wow. uh, able to just pull the ball down and get upfield if he finds an opening. And uh, that that's another piece of his game that, you know, kind of like that Daniel Jones effect. And he, Daniel Jones absolutely ate us up two years in a row doing that exact same thing where he just kind of 
looks downfield, doesn't see anything, pulls it and runs for right. 20 to 30 yards. And, and the big concern with that, right, you know, the, the way that you, you manage those running quarterbacks is with really disciplined linebacker play, right? You got to have linebackers that are willing to squat in the gaps, that are willing to not bite because of that threat to run. And you look at the Broncos linebacker crew, Broncos so desperate that they call Todd Davis this week to just see yes. if Todd Davis will come out of retirement in the linebacker spot. That's how desperate the Broncos are. So that's a really interesting matchup uh, for folks that are keeping track at home. Cause um, you know, it's like whose line is it anyways, right? The points don't matter. And the game's made up anyways. Uh, Taylor <laughs> is uh, sitting at 23 rushing yards this week. You know, we typically on this show, we don't typically take, the opposing football team, right? We were thinking about it through the Broncos context, but 23 rushing yards right now is where Taylor Heineke is setting at. Uh, could be a value play, particularly with the way that Taylor Heineke plays, the way that we have really y- young, um, inexperienced linebacking. Um, I guess minus the guy that we got from the Rams, which we'll get into, I'm sure, at some point in time here today. Uh, you know, so there's some interesting things there. Let's flip yeah. over to the Broncos so- side. Oh, go ahead, Jared. I just want to just talk about Kenny Young. He's the guy coming over from the Rams, yeah. right? That was a really weird trade situation. Weird there's trade. a lot of there's a lot of like uh, drama, I guess, around the whole picking him up and how it happened and how he was told. There's a lot of I, I don't I don't know. And they they brought him in to hope that he could be that middle linebacker, that captain of our defense, with the absence of literally every other Everybody. linebacker that we have. Um, you know, Justin Chenard's just not been playing the way we wanted him to. You know, injured all year last year, right. and coming in this year, just not playing the way we're expecting him to. So we had to go out and get another inside linebacker that totally. could be that starter right on day one. Now, mind you, he's probably only had three practices with this defense. Right. Right. So. Is he going to be, you know, I think Justice Chenard called last week's game um, from the headset, but I don't know if, if they're going to hand it over to Kenny Young right away or if he's going to be able to make the plays in the Vic Fangio defense. That's going to be an interesting storyline to watch. C-ball, tackle ball. That's all we. That's all I want you to do. <laughs> C-ball, tackle ball. I think he was the second or third leading tackler on the Rams. Weird trade by the Rams. I wonder if they just need to clear some cap space to pick up another piece. And I think the Rams – um. I think their second round pick was a linebacker and he must be, they must be pretty confident in that guy's ability. And you see his, you see his, his interview this week when he, in his first interview as a Bronco, he was like, yeah, I'm excited to be here. You know, like, I could tell uh, not, not at all. So, all right, let's go to the, let's go to the Broncos real quick. And we're going to start the breakdown here. And by the way, listen, I'm not going to make excuses here. I'm not going to say that the Bronco, I'm not going to use the injury bug. The Broncos are an incredibly injured team, but if you looked at Thursday night football, the Packers sure figured out how to manage a game and coach a game in a way that puts their players. Now, of course, they got Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to talk about that. I get that. He's a unicorn. He's one of the top three or top five guys. But they realized, hey, the, here's our game plan. We're, we got to find a way to beat the best team in the NFL, and they made a game plan happen. I What I'm trying to get at here is I don't think the Broncos coaching staff has that ability to say, hold on, where's our strengths? Where's our weaknesses? This is the Bill Belichick effect, right? Bill Belichick finds a way to exploit your weakness and finds a way to cover up his weakness week in and week out. It seems like Vic finds a way to say, here's a highlighter. Let me just highlight the area of our defense that sucks the most. Here you go, um, opposing team. And then just attack this part of our defense because it sucks the most. And so, right. And don't worry, we won't change it. And yeah, by the way, yeah, we won't do anything to disguise that. We're just going to let you know that just here's Fuller. He's over here. We're going to put him in one-on-one coverage. We're not going to shift any help his direction. Good luck. You know, um, Right. So that's that's the uh, Broncos coaching mentality. And again, I, I don't think Vic makes it through the season. I already have money on that with some guys internally to the crew. And if Vic is the coach here next year, I think we have some real big concerns here in Broncos country. All right, 
breaking it down like we always do. And again, we're going to make up some segments here. So it's going to be this week's segment is going to be, are we still better or do we just suck? Um, and so <laughs> that's the name of this segment this week. And we're going to start on the outsides. We're going to work our way in. Jerry Judy supposed to make his return this week, which should be a huge lift for that Broncos uh, wide receiver crew. What are you expecting from Judy? And just talk through the the wide receivers of our wide receivers against a, a really talented, uh, I, I think, defensive back crew on the Washington side of the ball. Yeah, well, the first thing with Jerry Judy is he was held out of practice on Friday uh, due to just being sore from from practicing all week. So that's a storyline to watch. They've been talking about him being back for the last two weeks for this week. So I, I don't see him not playing, right. but will we get a 100% Jerry Judy or will we get a Cortland Sutton limping on the field because they want to try to get him back in sure. type of Jerry Judy. Um, now, again, to the question of the, of the, of the segment, are we, are we still outmatched or do we just suck? Our receivers still outmatch their DBs. And I will, mm-hmm. I will go to the grave saying that I think nice. that our receivers are still better than the other Fuller, Kendall Fuller, and uh, and Benjamin St. Juice, who's their uh, third-round picks rookie. Right. right now we're talking about we're playing against a rookie, Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton against this guy sure. on the outside sure. based on injuries. Now, don't get me wrong, their free safety, uh, Cameron Curl's playing pretty decently well. Um, and then McCain, Bobby McCain in the safety set. I, I, again, still think that we have exploitation in the secondary with our receivers the way that we have them played. Um, the pro- my problem is, is with Coach Shermer, Slash, you know, Teddy Bridgewater being able to find those guys. Yeah. And I, I they, he just hasn't been able to step up in the pocket and deliver a ball to be able to get it to them downfield the way that we need to. The guys are open. I watched the all totally. 22 on that last game. The guys are open downfield. He's just not throwing the ball to them. Yeah. And, or underthrowing it. Yeah. Taking or way whatever too many it was. Hits. Taking way too many hits, Bridgewater is. And I think that that's going to be the, the storyline of this game. But I'm with you, Jared. I think. Um, just being creative with the play calling, getting the ball out of Bridgewater's hand. And even when it does get out of his hand, particularly last week, he just looked a little off, right? We missed Sutton on a couple real big bombs down the field that really could have changed the narrative of that game. He just looked a little bit off. I, I totally agree with you there. Just real quick mention right now, the only line that's out right now for our wide receiver crew here as of uh, about 10 o'clock Mountain Standard on Saturday is for Sutton because I think they're holding out on the next couple of guys to see if Judy's going to play. So, just rank them for me. Do you? Do, what do you think? I, if you're going to take Sutton, Patrick, and Judy, we're going to leave Fant out for the second right now. Um, which also he's not showing up on the stat sheet right now either. But of those three receivers, who do you think has the most yards? Rank them one, two, three this week. Uh, in that order, Sutton, Patrick, Judy. We okay. for some reason we can't target the guys that we know are going to be open, like Noah Fant. I mean, the only time we're targeting Noah Fant is on third and eight, third and ten, and we're targeting right. for a five yard out. It, so totally. I just don't understand the thought process behind why we're not looking at Noah Fant as a number one read, or if Jerry Judy comes in, I don't have faith that he's going to be a number one read. Don't get me wrong; I think we're going to try a couple deep balls to him. I think we're going to try to get him out in open space. Yep. But I don't think right now, with what the the play that we've seen from Teddy Bridgewater, unless he's back to hundred percent, right? We were talking about he was seventy percent in the last game. Mm-hmm. If he's back to hundred percent and can deliver the deep balls, we might have a different shot. But I'm not I'm not betting on it. Totally. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's go into interior. Let's just get rid of the wider. We're going to do the whole interior group together to this week, because I think what we're going to see is the defensive side on the front seven for Washington, their linebacker crew is probably the weakest part of that. If you're going to take each position group on that side, but we're also talking about a very weak offensive line for the Denver Broncos that have given up way too many hits each and every single week. So let's just talk about that interior group there. 
And I got a little, I got a little comment about our good friend Noah Fant. But let's think about that interior group there. What do you see? How do you think our run game plays? How do you think our short tight end passing game plays against uh, the defensive front seven on the Washington side of the ball? If the Washington football team coaching staff even took a, a look or two, at two or three plays against the Raiders, they're going to only send four and they're going to get pressure. They're yeah. going to drop everybody into coverage. They're going to send right. their four, like you said, all four of them, first round draft picks, uh, Chase Young, uh, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, um, and Darren Payne. All first-round guys, yeah, so talented. They're all they need to do is send those four, and they're going to get pressure. Totally. And that's just based on what we saw. They're going to drop everybody into coverage. It's just going to be a very difficult game, which means we need to run the ball. They're super talented, but when we're talking, if they're dropping everybody in coverage, we're talking four v five, four v six. Yeah, on the on the front offensive line, we have to be able to press the ball up. I just don't think we're going to be able to get the pressure to push the line of scrimmage. We just haven't seen it in the last couple of games. Yeah, and one of the things that we see showed up last week, which is a kind of an interesting thing for the Shermer offense, is we finally see some of the screen game happen. We see a couple of those finally. little screens that happen. But you bring up the most interesting point. The, a, a good screen game doesn't beat a a, a pressure of four. When, when you want to use the screen game is when you want to be able to get behind the backers. So a right. screen is the perfect response to a blitz. The problem is, is if teams can get home with four, the screen game becomes irrelevant, right? Because all right. you're really doing at that point in time is you still have the linebackers in there. When you pop those screens for the deep ball, I mean, or for the 30s and the 40s, that's because you get to that second and that third level really easily. So that's something to watch for. If they can get home with four, I think uh, we're, in, we're in big trouble, not only on the run game, but I think we're also big trouble on that pass game. We'll get to that in a second. I want to just get, I want to throw something against you real quick, Jared, and then we're going to get into the lines for the week. I'm losing a little bit of faith in Noah Fant, and I want to tell you why here. Noah Fant, great ball catcher. He's struggling in the run game. We've always known he's not a very good pla- a, a pass block. I, let me, let's Shermer. What the hell? Just get him out of those situations. I don't even understand right. it. Um, who, what was his name? Uh, Thompson. What was, uh, the, the tight end with, in the Peyton Manning era. That was just, um, he would just, all he would do is just catch a Thomas. bunch of touchdowns. Julius no, Thomas. Julius. Yeah. Thank you. So Julius, I mean, listen, I don't give a shit if, if everybody on the field knows that we're going to do passing the ball because <laughs> it's not a big deal. Cause Julius Thomas still made that happen and found his way into a, a, a brilliant career, got paid. And then went to, you know, I think Florida Jacksonville or something like that and never played again. But anyways, um, so but with fans, okay, terrible in the pass game or terrible in the run game. But in the pass game, man, he showed me a couple of times this week. You know, he caught that ball, a little, little five-yard out. It was third and eight. It's a little five-yard out, man. He's got to break some of those tackles, man. And it just seems like yeah. with Fant right now, the first point of contact, he's down on the ground. And that's something I'm just just noticing about Fant. I'm not giving up on the Fant train. I think if he's in space, he's as dynamic as just any tight end in the game. But I, he's got to break that tackle. He's got to take that five yard out at third and eight with nobody around, break that tackle of that linebacker. And he's got to get that first down. And he, he, he hasn't shown that to me. I I finally have a little glimpse again, Fant not listed. Our rule is the same. If he's under 45 yards, we're taking him. We don't ask any questions. We just take him. Um, That has continued to cash for us each and every week, except for one, I think, or maybe two this entire year. So we're not giving up on the Fant train. But I just something that I think is noteworthy on on the fan that I'm going to continue to observe. He's, he's got to figure out a way to break that tackle. 
You know, it's super funny that you mentioned that because I also just did the pregame podcast with David. little shout-out to the pregame. If you're not following Orange Weekly or uh, to Orange Weekly, listen to that. He said the exact same thing, <laughs> like almost word for word. Because, I, I, you know, I kept complaining about how why we're throwing the ball at five yards uh, on the third and eight. And he goes, honestly, that's any other team, any other tight end should be able to break that tackle in open field and get upfield. He should be able to create this more space, mm-hmm. right, and then break the tackle because he has the space break. I, I, it's interesting you guys both said that. It's it's a it's a good glimpse. Yeah, I mean, maybe not every time, but it just seems like the first contact for fan, he's down on the ground. And I, I would love to see, you know, uh, if you watch Kels, that's not the case, case for Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's he's getting out of that first or second tackle for sure. It takes two or three guys. To yeah. Get so just something to, to be worthy of. All right, Jared, we're rolling into our next segment, which is called, Where the Hell Did My Money Go? <laughs> because as we continue to bet on the Broncos, we've had a little bit of a cu- rough couple of weeks trying to predict the Broncos and what they have going on. We're basically piddling around with like cashing one or two lines and losing two or three lines each and every week. So that's been a little bit of a challenge for us. Um, you know, we said Jared sends me his money, he sends me his couple hundred bucks. I send back, you know, half or three fourths of that money. Right. We got to get it. We got to get ahead of this curve here. So Broncos minus three and a half over under 45. I'm staying away from all that. I'm telling you right now, I don't believe in this Broncos team. Do not bet on the Broncos. I would not bet on the Broncos. In fact, if I were to, if you were to, force me to bet on something right now. I would actually bet on the Washington football team right now, particularly with that defense. Um, but we're not going to do that here. We're going to get in the lines. Teddy Bridgewater, 250 yards passing, over under one and a half touchdown passes. What do you think about Teddy Bridgewater in the line this week? I don't like either one of those. I, I, I Man, it's so hard. We talked about it at the beginning. It's so hard to bet on these Broncos or to, to have, have faith in these Broncos when the last four weeks they've shown us nothing but nothing. not that. Right. He hasn't shown us 250 yards passing unless it's in garbage time. He hasn't right. shown us one and a half touchdowns. Uh, he sh- what's his picks at? Maybe we'll, we'll you know over one and a half <laughs> sure. picks, right? Let's talk about that. Um, and and again, it depends on his health. Uh, if he if he's healthy, I just I think he's going to be fighting for his life this week, and I, yeah. it's going to be very difficult for him to get the ball out uh, unless we can get a ground game going. I totally agree. I'm staying away from both of those. The interesting thing about both of those lines is you're seeing some of that extra juice on both of those lines, which means that the betting public likes over 250 and over 1.5 touchdown pass. I think I think it's just oh, wow. noteworthy. Um, on that front, I, I, I'm with Jared. I, I've lost all faith in the coaching staff, personally. Again, you know, I, I know other folks on the Orange Weekly and other folks in Broncos country have a little bit of a different feel of that. Just me, personally, I've lost all faith in the, in the coaching staff. And so with that being said, I'm looking more at, like, position type of player type of lines this week gordon javante again a little bit of of a mismatch kind of i I would love a little bit more consistency like you know an identity for this team derrick henry's running the ball 27 to 30 times every single week doesn't matter he's 27 carries for 50 effing yards they're going to run the ball 27 times with derrick henry we don't have that same identity with the Broncos, but I'm seeing Williams at 50.5. Again, I, I like Williams in the 50 range. I think I'm, we should take it every single week because the dude's got pop ability. I know Jared's going to love this line. We'll get to the longest run here in a second. Gordon's at 44 yards this week. Um, I think that those are probably appropriately ranged for one another. Again, I don't I don't really particularly like Gordon. I, I, I hate the way that they're actually managing the running backs right now that they sort of give one a drive the entire time and then they switch over and give the other one a drive the entire time because our offense sucks. The defense gives up long-ass drives. So what happens for Gordon 
is he gets his first drive in the first half or the first drive of the game, it might be 30 freaking minutes before he steps on the field again, 45 minutes before he steps on the field again. I don't know about you, Jared, and I'm a washed up high school athlete. Listen, I can't, (laughs) there's, there's no way like you can go 45 minutes between while you just stand on the sideline for 45 minutes. I think that that, the, the cycle of those two running backs for me also is just a disaster. I would do more of a first down, second down sort of switch with those guys, have them touch the ball on every single drive. But what what are your thoughts about those two lines for Williams and Gordon? So first of all, you're right. There's a fine line between uh, staying healthy and staying fresh and getting cold. There's, there is a fine line there between those two. And that's why on the sidelines, you see these bikes, Sure. Right, you see the 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 exercise bikes on the sideline because it, you're right. Those are those defensive drives take up a whole quarter of time, and you're right. You might only see one drive out of either one of those running backs an entire like first half, which is right. super unfortunate. Um, I like I like both those lines, and again, I I think that we need we can get the run game established if we can get past that front that front four. Sure, and if we can if we can outman them front four to front six, which again I'm not super super confident in. Right. I think we can get to linebackers and break a couple tackles to get upfield. I am more confident in Javante Williams breaking tackles and getting a big run. Agreed. Um, I think, but I think Gordon has the ability to break off a big run if we could get it to the outside and and um edge you know take the edge off of the uh totally. off the rushers on the outside chase young and montez but if we can get them if we can get the edge and get a little crack in there and get to the outside i, f- I feel like we could they're gonna break one off but i think and you're gonna get to this because yeah, i yep. love these lines yep. it always comes down to a big play it's never you know we always talk about oh they have 4.5 yards per carry but they have like 2.2 yards per carry until they break right. off a 40 yard run right. So um, I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Yeah, Williams, to hear Williams is, and I, I didn't even check for Gordon because I don't really care about his breakaway ability. Because again, I think uh, Williams has the best ability to break a couple of tackles. Uh, longest run right now for Williams is at 15.5 yards. I like that line this week. I think I'm going to take over that line. Um, so we can mark yeah. that down as a rager right now. And again, Williams, I'll kind of monitor how the week goes on. I like him at 50 yards. I and I like Gordon at 43 yards. Now let's think about the the passing part of this for the running backs, and then we're going to move into the the wide receivers here. I, I interesting lines this week: Williams at sixteen yards receiving, and Gordon at thirteen yards receiving. I think that that's an interesting line when we think about this front four. We think about the 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 the, the screen game making an appearance finally. What do you think about one of the backs catching a couple of balls this week? I actually like those lines a lot, not because I think we're going to call it. Uh, I don't think we're going to make the play calls, but I think that he's going to be under so much pressure. He's going to have to find an outlet somewhere, and I think that's the running backs. I, I mean, I, I think so too, right? And here's the I, I guarantee you the message this week, again, and I know, Jared, you got so much more coaching experience than I'll ever have, but the, the, the message this week for Bridgewater has to be, you can't get hit. You can't get hit. I mean, you can't get hit 13 times. You can't have... 14, you know, knockdowns in a freaking game. And so I think that little dink and dunk type of game is there. I like both of them. I actually like Gordon's a little bit better. I think Gordon's a little bit shiftier in space than Williams is based on the just sort of the eye test there at 13 yards. I think Gordon can certainly get there. Um, he might get there in the first drive. I like either. You take your pick. I'll probably just take both of them just for the hell of it because, you know, Bridgewater is going to have to throw the ball and Broncos, they're going to probably be down. Let's just be honest here. So, there is that. So one more one more point on that to kind of you know give a little bit more confidence in this bet and in this rager is that their linebacker core if they're going to keep their linebacker core into coverage on any of our uh, our running backs I take that nine times out of ten. Sure. So even if even if it is a running back going out for a pass in the flats or a five yard out or a, a dink and dunk kind of play, 
I take that nine times out of ten because, again, I think they're the ones talking about the Noah Fant not being able to break tackles. They're the ones that can break a tackle on one of these linebackers and get upfield. And like I said, it could be one of those things where he gets a he gets a flat, catches a flat, breaks one tackle, and he's off for twenty. And now all of a sudden we got our bet. So yep. And if you look at the lines, Williams is averaging seventeen yards receiving a game. Gordon is averaging 19 yards receiving. So I like the Gordon bet slightly better because it's at 13. We get a few extra yards there. So I'm going to mark it down. Gordon is going to be my rager this week. Gordon over 13 yards receiving. Javante Williams over 15.5 yards as his longest rush. Again, I wouldn't blame you out there if you're listening to take Williams uh, receiving yards as well. I'll probably end up just throwing a little bit of juice on the side for that just because, heck, you know, I got to itch that itch if it's there. So, um, and again, <laughs> We're not spending any time talking about the receivers this week just because there is no lines out for the receivers right now. So don't forget, follow me on OW Ragers on Twitter. I post there live on, on Sundays to get some content rolling. We'll get we'll get it out to the Orange Weekly Twitter page as well. Last little rager. I found a little gem. Every, every week, you know, it's kind of like if you just stare at the Where's Waldo page long enough, right? And you just keep looking. Eventually, Waldo shows up. And I think I found a gem of a line this week. Jared, I want to hear what your thoughts are. No team. So the bet is that no team will score three times unanswered. And the pay right now, the juice at plus 170. So the, the betting, the public favorite is that actually that a team will score three times consecutively unanswered. So that that's where the buddy betting pay favorite is. I'm saying, that no team will that like no three consecutive scores will happen in the game plus one seventy so you're almost getting two for one on your dollars there. I see a defensive game. We have we have strength on strength right and weakness on weakness throughout the game. Um, and, and I'm sorry, weakness on strength and, and strength on weakness and both of them are of course on the defensive side. We have two inept quarterbacks. I I, I think the Broncos are going to be able to move the ball just enough to get a couple of field goals in there to, to disrupt things. I, I don't think the Broncos win by the way. For the record, everybody out there in your pickups, I don't think the Broncos win this week, even though they're favorited. But I do think the Broncos keep it close in a low-scoring game. Do the how do you think about that, Brett? Will either team score three consecutive times in a row? I like that a lot, and and you're getting some juice back a little yeah, bit, right? You, so you're almost two to one. Mm-hmm. I I think you're I think you're right. I think there's no way that uh, that what. Let, let's be honest. There's absolutely no way that the Broncos score three times in a row without getting a score on. But sure. like, I don't think there's I don't think there's a way that Washington does too. Like you said, it's going to be a defensive game at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the episode. And I'm surprised you didn't take this because we haven't done this in a while. Over under what was it? Forty five points. Forty five. I'm yeah. looking at if I'm going to do anything, I'm looking at under on that. Yeah. Right, this defensive yeah. game unless right. unless there's a couple pick sixes or defensive or special team totally. scores, which again. Probably not from the Broncos, but unless there's like defensive scores, I don't think this game goes to 45 points. It's going to be small. I think it's a low scoring game. I'm with you, Jared, as well. I'm going to stay away again, just because it feels like the Broncos could, it can get out of control a little bit in some capacity. Um, But yeah, there we go. So Rangers, here we go. We got 15.5 is the longest rush for Javante Williams. We're taking over that because he's got the breakaway ability. We're going to take Gordon over 13 receiving yards. Again, if you like Javante Williams at 16 yards receiving, I think just taking the backs for the receiving yards is a really great bet this week. Um, And no team will score three times consecutively unanswered. It's plus 170 right now. I think that that's a banger right now. As we close out the segment, we, you know, I like to give Jared a question that says, what would you like to ask? Mr. Encyclopedia is the name of this segment here. So Jared, I know you got a couple questions for me this week and then we'll round it out, brother. What you got? Did you just dub yourself Mr. Encyclopedia? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I, I meant Mr. I meant I'm going to Google it as soon as you ask me the question. 
Oh, okay, Mr. Encyclopedia. Um, okay, all right. So, so Ray, I'm, we're looking at every time I want to ask you questions, I want to ask you betting stuff, right? I want to yep. ask you, though, what's what's special here? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. As you open up your DraftKings oh, right. uh, sports book, don't forget that we are sponsored by DraftKings. There's a great promo for you this week to make some extra money. Um, DraftKings is one of the best betting sites out there. Absolutely. So here I am on my DraftKings. I have a, I have a bet here that I'm looking at, okay. Okay. and it says a three-way money line. Okay. What is a three-way money line, and why is it that the Washington football team is plus 150 and the Broncos are minus 195 on a three-way money line? So in, 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 in situations where we might have a three-way money line, for example, um, oftentimes it will be associated with like a quarter bet or something of that nature. Um, when you have a three-way money line, what that means is that if it's a tie – you would lose that bet in, in those scenarios. And so instead of, in some cases, you might be paying a little bit of extra juice in some regard. So the Broncos for their overall game might have a, a certain number. And then um, Jared, what, what is the, what's the, what's the tag on, on top of that bet there? It just says three way money line. Let's see if it says above it. Look right above there. See what it says. Right above. It says alternate total and then view more it just says three way money line. And then the three way money line just gives numbers to one or the other. So it again in, in the three way typically in the three way bet what you're happening is is if there's a draw so for example what's probably what that bet you're probably looking at so like if I look here if I look at the first half three way bet you have the Broncos at minus one fifty you have the Washington football at plus one fifty and then the draw is actually plus nine hundred so what you're actually what what that means typically in a three way bet is that if it if it's a push or if it's a draw you would actually in a normal two way bet you would you would not lose your bet, right? So right. in 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 the three way bet though, if it ends in a draw, you actually lose your bet in that bet. So what's probably happening in that bet there, Jared, is that there's the the chance for it to go into overtime. And if it were to end in a draw, you would actually lose your bet versus getting your money back on that bet in the three way bet. So that's typically what's happening. Like for example, it's it's a very common bet in hockey and in soccer. Where, where oftentimes periods and games actually end in draws during their uh, the stoppage time before the end of the stoppage time, in that three way draw you would actually lose your money because you bet the three way, but oftentimes you get a little bit slightly better juice because you, you you're taking the risk of potentially losing your bet for example. Perfect, I love yeah. it. I think that's all I got for you, Ray. Hey, easy Mr. one, Mister Encyclopedia. Hey, easy one. I had to Google that one, but that's why I fumbled a little bit there at the beginning because I had to Google that. So you know what I mean. So, all right, <laughs> you know, hey, listen, we are the Orange Weekly uh, group, man. We love it. Fans, brews, Broncos news. That's what we're all about, man. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I don't know if we have a TikTok, but I mean, I could just imagine. I think we do. Kevin Dandino trying to do one of them TikTok dances. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send a note to the boss here and see if K we can get yeah. K to do a TikTok dance. Um, <laughs> hey man, but we, we appreciate y'all so much. We are the Ragers show. Jared, any last words this week for the Broncos? Hopefully the Broncos can change our mind about how uh, down we are about everything, right? They're favored by three and a half points. Let's see what happens at home. John Elway getting enshrined. Let's, oh, Peyton uh, Manning, Peyton Manning. Oh, Peyton Manning. Sorry. Peyton, Peyton Manning getting enshrined. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to see it, see what happens. Um, but as we've noticed, when Mike Shanahan was brought in there uh, against the Raiders team that had Woo! no coach, we didn't we didn't exactly play like it. So hopefully yeah. this changes some things. Let's change the get to five back to five hundred and maybe get a little bit of motivation going for this yeah. team. But right now it looks like the locker room's just lost, and I, I want to see yeah. it come back. I really do. 
Yeah, and, and you know, and at the again, we're, we're Broncos fans, no matter what, win or lose. But if we can cash some bets this week, that's to be honest, that's all I really give a shit about right now. Um, so right. if we cash these three bets and have a good competitive game. I think that'll make things exciting for us. Um, Jared, always a pleasure, brother man, and and we love doing this. Hey, thanks for riding with us. Y'all know what it is. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.